Welcome to the Busy Business Women podcast, where you have VIP access to discover the wins and wisdom that have helped successful business brains build businesses that boom. With your host, Faye Hollands from busybusinesswomen.biz. Hi, Faye Hollands here, and welcome to episode 13 of the Busy Business Women podcast. Now, I want you to relax for a moment. I want you to imagine that feeling when you're sitting back with a beautiful glass of crisp white wine or your favorite red, looking over the countryside, laughing with awesome company, and you think to yourself, you know what, this is the life. Well, that's exactly what my two guests today are all about and what the award-winning business that they've built is all about too. So I'm just a little bit excited about our two very special guests today who are award-winning powerhouses in the world of small business and wine, more to the point. So we have the formidable duo from Kenny Escapes with me today. So we've got Carly and Leah from Kenny Escapes, who are the award-winning experts in New South Wales, South Coast, and Southern Highlands food and wine tours. You get why I wanted them on this podcast, right? So in a snapshot, what is it that they do? Well, they organize really fun chartered day trips from Sydney, the Illawarra, South Coast, and the Southern Highlands, and they customize each tour to cater for corporate groups, hen parties, bunches of friends, business women too. You know, whatever reason you've got to celebrate, and they've got the perfect day for you. And last year, I had an awesome time with them because they helped me organize a fantastic networking wine tour for busy business women, which I loved every single second of. And what we discovered during that day, aside from how awesome wine and cheese are, is that these ladies aren't just lovers of wine and um, don't just have a really fun business under their belts, but they're seriously smart business women who we can all learn from. from. So it was a no-brainer to invite them onto the podcast today. So let's do the formal introductions and then we'll get the ladies talking. So first of all, we've got Carly Kenny with us today. She's the founder and co-owner of Kenny Escapes and she started the business back in 2006, so over 12 years ago now, beating all of the small business statistics, right? So Carly started the business because she was completely inspired by the beauty and the quality produce of the Southern Highlands and the South Coast wine regions. So decided very generously that she wanted to share it with the world and Kenny Escapes was born. Thank you, Carly, for doing that. We are all very grateful. So Leah came on board just over three years ago and became co-owner and operating director of Kenny Escapes. She keeps the Kenny Escapes engine running really smoothly and is a guru when it comes to customising fantastic day tours and making sure each guest has a really memorable experience. And on top of that, she is also the 2017 Local Business Awards finalist for Business Person of the Year. So you can already tell I have two very smart cookies on today's podcast. Now, whilst we're on the subject of awards, Kenny Escapes has a bucket load of them. And in the interest of time, I'm not going to go through every single one. I'm going to list them on this podcast page, which will be busybusinesswomen.biz forward slash podcast 13. But these ladies have racked up some amazing rewards. They were a winner of the 2017 Illawarra Women in Business Customer Focus Award. So if you want a great customer experience combined with wine, cheese, and awesome locations, then that's why you go to them. Highly commended for best 
small business, finalist for the best small business, finalist for the best customer focus award, finalist for the local business awards, best best specialised business. The list goes on, right? You get my drift. So without further ado, let's get these award-winning ladies onto the call. So a very big, busy business women, welcome to Carla, Carly and Leah. Sorry, getting so excited about talking all things business. I'm completely stuffing up names. So let's get into the, the questions that we want to ask you because... I loved when we did the wine tour that we, for those of you listeners that weren't at the wine tour, you really should come on the next one, but we, um, or I, strong-armed Carly and Leah into giving a little bit of a chat over lunch, a bit of a masterclass with the business gurus, and we had some great conversations and learned so much about these two ladies, so I really wanted to share some of that with our podcast listeners today and really tap into the expertise that you both have um, from running Kenny Escapes and from being really successful businesswomen. So let's kick off, particularly with you, Carly, from the early days, okay, so everybody can kind of set the scene and, and see how, how your business has evolved over the last 12 years. So you've racked up over a decade in business, which is phenomenal. You've got a list of awards as long as your arm. Carly, did you think that this is where you would be when you started out almost 12 years ago? Absolutely not. No. <laughs> Uh, I had big dreams, I had high hopes, but no, I did not have the uh, confidence uh, that this would really would happen and still be going 12 years on. So uh, I think I was just more determined. I really wanted to go into business. Uh, I had dreamt of it since I was a teenager and I was at the point where I just wanted to give it a go and thought, look, I'll learn a lot along the way. Um, But I didn't know where I'd head. So tell me, when you started, was it more of a hobby business for you? Was it more of a passion than a fully-fledged, you know, commercial business? Or did you set out for it to be a real income generator and something that was going to pay the mortgage, for example? Oh, mm, I think I was a bit realistic and at first it was more a hobby. Yeah. Um, I definitely had the passion and I really wanted it to be my career, but I realised it wasn't going to pay the bills for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. So uh, I still had to work part-time whilst juggling um, juggling things, but I, I, I was very keen to try my best to make it into a future. Yeah. Yeah. You did pretty well. So let's actually, that's a nice segue into, I really wanted to talk to you about expanding and becoming business partners because a lot of people start out in business and in fact I've had some conversations about this uh, today about starting out on their own and then looking at bringing in potential business partners um, and getting jittery about doing that and I know that I definitely did you know when I started my first business that was my baby I spent a lot of time building that business so to think about bringing someone else into it and sharing all of that hard work wasn't that appealing to me But the challenge in the conversation I've had with clients this morning is that that also can hold you back. So it's not always the right decision for everyone, but bringing a business partner on board can be a very smart decision. So, you know, for many business owners, they are stuck being solopreneurs and and as such, they limit the success of their business because they can't reach their full potential on their own. It's just too much for them. So Carly, at what point did you decide you needed help and that it was right to bring someone else into the fold, i.e. Leah? Yeah, look, I was a little bit lucky. Um, 
because the decision was pretty clear for me. I was about to have baby number three. I'd been running the business for six years on my own without a holiday or a vacation. And reality was setting in that I could no longer keep this up. Um, So for the first time ever, I closed the business for six months when I had baby number three. And when I reopened the business, to my surprise, it was busy pretty much instantly. And I just was drowning. Um, I really realised I can't do it all. I either needed to close or sell or get a partner in. So, yeah, it was a tough decision. But reality, I, I needed to do something. I simply couldn't give the customer service I wanted to with the family commitments. And I still loved everything, but I'm only one person. Yeah. I mean, what a lovely experience, though, to be able to shut your business down and come back and it'd be busy almost instantly. Not a lot of people would have that. So that speaks volumes to what you'd created before you shut it down. And then nice that the decision became very obvious for you rather than that kind of mental wrangling about shall I, shan't I. So how well did you know Leah before she came on board? We'd met socially uh, quite a few times through friends, Mm -hmm. but I got to know her on a completely different level. Um, My best friend, Lisa, uh, who was also a good friend of Leah, she unfortunately got diagnosed with breast cancer. She battled that for four years and unfortunately lost her battle. But during that time, she relied very heavily on Leah. Leah had worked at the Cancer Council Mm-hmm. and was just this wealth of knowledge, could give all this support, advice, and also just became a really strong rock to Lisa uh, and eventually to all of us, um, helping us all as we went through this situation. Um, so, yeah, look, I got to see her and know her on a quite a intimate level. We um, shared sitting beside the bed uh, of Lisa in the hospital, Leah organised a fundraiser to help cover all these outstanding medical bills and uh, she became a very um, important part of um, my social group um, and uh, Lisa's family. So it was quite unique. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't realise that. What a, I don't know if the word nice story is the right way of putting it, but um, you know, what a great way to be brought together in that you could be both so supportive for a dear friend. And I'm sure that you learned a lot about Le- um, Leah that you wouldn't necessarily have known just on more of a social dropping down the pub kind of uh, relationship. So let's just pretend for a moment that Leah, that Leah can't hear us, okay? Given that you already knew each other, did you have any concerns about working with her? You confess up now to me, Carly. <laughs> One hundred (laughs) percent. Not what I was expecting. Uh, Thank you for your honesty. It wasn't about her personally. It was just, you know, the old saying, you never mix business with friends. You hear of every story that it's gone wrong. Um, So there was a lot of uh, nervousness and hesitation to to mix, to work with someone that was a friend. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like when two mutual friends start dating each other and everyone panics, oh, no, what if they break up? Yeah. Um, that sort of a feeling. But um, 
that was my only hesitation. I, I I thought we would work well together and I had seen how dedicated and loyal uh, uh, she is to a project. But, uh, yeah, that, that old saying of, oh, you know, you don't do that, um, it, it held me back for a while. And then I realised that realistically, is that the right reason? Um, there's just so much to gain and, yeah, it, it was the wrong reason to stop and to say no. Good. Well, I mean, I've only ever known you both working together and certainly look like a very happy married business couple. So you made the right decision. <laughs> All right, Leah, you've been sitting patiently in the, the background listening. Let's talk about you and coming into Carly's baby. You know, Kenny escapes as Carly's baby. As I've talked about with my first business, you know, we we build this thing and we nurture it and it's close to our hearts. She'd been running it a long time before you came on board. So did you have any hesitations about saying yes when you were having this discussion and this opportunity? Yes, 100%. <laughs> what were they? What were you worried think, about? <laughs> Look, I think we shared the same concerns, of course, that we were friends. I mean, we're doing, you know, the one thing that everyone tells you not to do, don't go into mm-hmm. business with your friends. <laughs> and and we were breaking that rule. So I think that was obviously our, our first major concern is that we wanted to make sure that we nurtured our, our friendship first and that the business came second and, and we wanted to put some some really quality systems in place to ensure that there there wasn't that opportunity for conflict that would then go on to affect everybody else that was so near and dear to us. Yeah. So I think, you know, it was Carly's baby um, and she was really passionate and so was I about making sure that we had a really thorough agreement, a really thorough shareholders agreement before we bought in. So we spent such a long time going through that and really being open and honest about communicating all all of the different um, things that, that we needed to consider. Um, and, and I think having that solid foundation of being open and honest and talking about all the, the things, you know, what would we do in this situation if, if, if we started to argue and, and having a contingency for every step along the way was really important for both of us, for us to feel confident to continue on. And then the other major concern I had was that it was Carly's baby, is that it was Carly's baby and it had been her baby for so long yeah. and I wanted to come in and, and make changes, um, which is always really uh, is tough because any changes that you make, it, for me I was really concerned that it would be seen as a critique of what she had been doing for so long um, that Carly was really gracious about working with me um, to collaborate. I think we do collaborate really well together and and that's what's made us sort of work and we've been able to navigate those those tricky early stages so well. That's you sound like you really started this off extremely organized and and thoroughly Mm. where I think a lot of partnerships with between friends often don't have that structure and foundation because they're friends they you know things are done a little bit more on the fly and you know we'll work that out later because we know each other and we trust each other and that's when things fall apart so you certainly sound like you went almost the other extreme and that's worked in your favor is that fair to say absolutely yeah would you agree Carly yeah, I do. And uh, I'd like to also add that 
at the start when Leah came up with the idea of her being uh, the business partner and, and taking on that role, I said, let's work together for 12 months first. Okay. So I, I paused everything, said, let's not make any decisions until we've worked together for 12 months and then let's decide. I love it. It reduces the risk, right? And you both feel comfortable with what yeah. you're going into. Okay. So given that, you know, we keep referring to it as Carly's baby, but she'd been doing everything up until this point. How did you decide to split the work between you um, and to keep it fair and that, you know, I suppose one of my concerns, if I were to share my business with someone is, are they going to take the fun stuff, the creative stuff, the things that I like doing? How have you worked it so that you're doing the things that you enjoy um, and, and feeling like that split is fair? Well, this was a huge part of our original discussions was that the reason that Carly wanted to and, and had to bring in a partner was that she couldn't work a 40-hour week anymore and the business was heading in that direction. So we had lots of discussions about how much time we were able to contribute, how that was going to be split and and what types of tasks that, that would fit into our lifestyle. And when we're, we're discussing, you know, how we're going to um, split the work, it always re- revolves around what do we want, why are we doing this? What do we want our lifestyle to look like? And um, Carly isn't at the stage in her life where she can do tasks that are time sensitive. So a lot of those tasks fall to me and I'm really keen to take on those tasks. So we're happy to split it that way. And I work a 40 plus hour a week and Carly works up to 20 hours a week, depending on how busy we are. But it's fair because one, we pay ourselves a proportionate wage. So there's not a financial resentment there. And this was all factored into all of our original communications and discussions um, as to how we were going to make it fair. But it is also fair because that was a big focus of our original conversations before we decided to give the partnership a go. We knew how we wanted to work. Carly knew that I had a strong drive to grow the business and a lot of energy. And I knew that Carly had been already doing that for 10 years and she was ready and needed to take a little bit of a step back um, to be with her family. So I think it works because we are constantly being honest with each other. But more importantly, I think we're being honest with ourselves about what we want to do versus what we can do. And we revisit that every few months or so and check in with each other just to make sure that what we're doing is still in line with our values and and how we want to be working. I love it. I love the fact that you said values there. You're working on what really motivates you. You sound a very organized pair that have excellent communication skills Um, and I know that you're not always you know in the same physical office together so that becomes hardly ever yeah there you go (laughs) so becomes even more important right but that can also be the thing that can derail a business partnership when you rarely see each other so we like to dig into what doesn't necessarily go so well with busy business women so that it's not we're not showing business to be all bells and whistles and shiny sparkly things have there been any tricky or awkward times in your relationship as business partners? Yes. Yeah. Um, look, not too many, but uh, definitely there was a stage for myself personally. Um, Leah came in with all this new passion and enthusiasm and she's working all these hours 
And it was beautiful to watch, but I also remembered when I did that and how I felt when I was like that. And a part of me wanted to jump back in and and behave exactly the same way, but my reality is I can't. Um, So it took me a while uh, to find my new role, my new place, to to watch Leah take the lead on things, um, which she achieved and did fabulously with, uh, and to, you know, make sure that I still felt part of everything and didn't let all those negative thoughts start to creep in of, oh, maybe I sh- should just give up or maybe I'm not really helping, maybe I'm not needed. Um so, yeah, look, I even went to a counsellor a few times, had some great conversations with her and then sat and had conversations with Leah uh, and I had to sort of get in touch with what, again, what I could realistically achieve for myself and my family, um, how I could contribute to the business uh, and also be comfortable with watching someone else just, you know, take something and, and run with it. Yeah. Um, which, which was exciting, but, yes, there certainly were a few points for me that I, I had to sit and have a little chat with myself of like, oh, yeah, okay, you've got to be comfortable with that. this now. It's not your business. You are equals. <laughs> I love, completely love your honesty. I can honestly imagine if I was in that situation, I would be exactly the same. I'm a control freak too, and, you know, to give up those things and watch someone else run with it, I can completely imagine I would be feeling the same things as you and I imagine it Carly to be like almost the angel and the devil sitting on your shoulder taunting you you know you know that Leah's the angel and she's coming and she's really helping with the business and helping it grow but the devil on your shoulder saying it should have been you it could have been you you're letting the reins go and how do you manage those those conversations and that um, that headspace so Leah what about you have there been any tricky or awkward moments for you I think exactly the same situation on the flip side is that I came into the business chomping at the bit um, to implement changes and growth, um, but I still felt really hesitant that um, it it was Carly's business. It still feels a lot like, you know, it's Carly's baby and it always will be in in a way. Um, So it was hard, you know, for me to just to just go with it and run with it. I always kept wanting to sort of refer back to Carly and making sure that she felt comfortable with the changes that I was being made. And sometimes she wasn't comfortable or or had questions. And in those early days, I really had to, to sell some ideas to her. And it, initially, that was a bit of a shock because it was my business and I wanted to to just implement the changes that I felt so passionately were going to be successful. But then we started working in the same way that you would work in a normal office relationship. You have to pitch to your colleagues. You have to pitch to your boss. You have to make sure that you're critiquing your business development strategies and through those awkward times has blossomed this beautiful relationship where uh, we do constructively criticise a lot of each other's work, but it's only because we both want it to be perfect. We both want the outcome um, to be the best that it can be. Neither of us take personal offence to those sorts of moments uh, because we both just want the business to do well. So I think that that's been a great progression of, of that little bit of a murky start. Um, and has there been anything tricky in our relationship? Well, we're always, as I've mentioned, we're, we're always sort of um, 
not disagreeing, not fighting, but critiquing each other's work. So that can be tricky, but it also we do it without it being personal. I think that is a huge factor to our success is that we don't take things personally um, and, and we can be constructively critical of each other just to make everything as best it can be. So there's no mudslinging then is what you're telling me. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I just still, I love it so much. We're best of friends. <laughs> I, can, I can say that because I can completely tell. And I love the fact that you are both so open to being completely honest about the things that were tricky and difficult. And you'd only do that because you've overcome them and you've managed them and you've recognized that in yourselves and the business, which is all credit to you. So well done. All right. So I want to dip into some sales and marketing um, before I let you go today. So, you know, you both work in an industry that you love, that I love too. I love what you do. Um, But we all know that loving your product, loving your service isn't enough. So a lot of people get into business because they love the thing, like, you know, Carly loves wine tours, Carly Carly loved wine and the area that we all live in, that we live in, but it's not enough to love what you you sell or make, right? So the, the challenge for many business owners is that if they can't sell or market the thing that they love, they're not going to succeed. So I just wanted to tap into what are some of the most effective strategies that you've both used to get in front of your ideal clients and why you think they've worked so well. Well, you're right, Faye, that we do, we are lucky that we do have such a, a great product. I mean, who, who doesn't love wine, really? <laughs> but you're also right in the, the fact that it doesn't, it doesn't sell itself. Um, we have to position ourselves in, in front of, of our perfect and ideal clients. So I think that there's two really key avenues to this um, and it really depends in our opinion, on your product, you you really have to understand who is buying your product and what the psychology behind their buying behaviours are. Um, For us, um, there's two key factors to that. One is the website and combining that with very strong SEO. And I have my head in SEO almost every day, um, morning, noon and night sometimes. I will. I live and breathe it at the moment and I'm keen to, to chat to anybody, you know, who wants to um, to give me tips on, on SEO. It is something that we do in-house um, and it has been a huge factor to our success is making sure that we are ranking top rankings in as many of our keyword searches as possible because we know now that the buying behavior of over 80% of our clients is that they are Googling us. So putting a lot of time and energy into having uh, fantastic SEO and then once we've, we've achieved that click through, having a website that really wows our customers and provides all of the information or as much of the information as they need so as to ensure that there isn't any barriers to purchase, that's the key. And when we redid and relaunched our new website, that was our huge focus, was making sure that we were able to to reposition our products so that we weren't creating any barriers to purchase. Um, and, And that's been hugely successful for us. The other huge factor is creating an experience from start to finish um, and really valuing customer service. And customer service and marketing have traditionally been viewed as quite separate skill sets. So a marketer would not be a professional customer service officer and vice versa. Yeah. But 
really understanding that relationship between customer service and customer acquisition is very powerful for us. Word of mouth is a huge part of the success of our business. Um, A lot of our clients are our future clients. If they have a, a great time, then they're going to tell 20, 30, 40, 50 other people. But it's not enough just to put on a great wine tour. The customer service has to be flawless right from the time that they're thinking about purchasing, right right through that customer relationship life cycle, right through to the end, and then it, it almost never ends because they keep coming back. And so really valuing and understanding that customer service plays a big part in customer acquisition is a very powerful marketing strategy for us. And hearing you speak, it's no wonder that you won the Customer Focus Award last year with the Inora Women in Business because what you've just given us is gold. I couldn't agree more. I think one of the critical things you said there at the start was understanding your target market. It's interesting because this literally comes up in almost every podcast when we talk about you know, this challenges in business um, or, you know, how have you been successful with your marketing? It's because when people can really nail their niche and understand and get into the mindset and the psychology of their target market, that's when your marketing becomes hugely powerful, which you've clearly mm. done. And the fact that you are, have got your head so stuck into the SEO when your website is fantastic and as a customer, um, you know, it is a complete experience of going to your website looking through the website and then going on a tour and everything that happens in between it doesn't it had I don't think it made any difference that I knew you beforehand the whole experience was flawless and talking to you you clearly articulate how you you manage to do that so well for your customers so well done thanks I think what's really interesting as well is um focusing on the power of word of mouth pays you back with customer testimonials and when you look Mm. at our customer testimonials on our Facebook page a lot of them are not just saying I've had a great wine tour they're saying from the beginning to end um, I had a great experience and for our from our customers perspective that means a lot to them that from the moment that they contacted us they felt like you know we were organized and um, that yeah that that's very a very powerful marketing tool completely that word experience I mean that's something that everybody listening to this podcast and every small business owner should take on board because it doesn't matter whether they are on a wine tour or for example I bought some black chicken deodorant right online somewhere and the experience of buying that and when it arrived stay with me here and the little chocolate that came with it and the packaging and everything to me was an experience so it doesn't matter Mm. what your product or service is but it's looking at start to finish not just the the actual product for example or when they're on the wine tour but what happens before and after that and you're absolutely right word of mouth and referrals recommendations to your business would be a huge part of your marketing um the other thing i loved that you said in the answer to that question was the fact that you are so on top of your numbers and you're looking at clearly looking at the analytics i talk a lot to my clients about testing and measuring and knowing what is and isn't working and the fact that you know the buying behavior of 80 percent of your um, clients is going googling you is really powerful and it sounds an obvious thing but from a decade of coaching business owners i'm happy to put my name to this that the majority of business owners would not know that kind of information 
because they they might be grabbing at shiny, sparkly things in terms of marketing tactics, or they're doing things that they're comfortable with, but they're not looking at behind the scenes whether those activities are actually being successful. So, um, you know, for those of you listening, I really do encourage you to be testing and measuring your marketing so that you can say, just like Leah did then, that you understand the buying behaviors behind your target market. You're crystal clear on your target market, and you know what marketing activities are paying off. And testing and measuring, you actually have the numbers to prove it. So you're not going on gut feel because you may love posting things on Facebook and your gut feel is that, isn't it lovely? I've got lovely stuff on Facebook, but the reality is you're getting no clients driving through the Facebook posts that you have. So you've got to make sure that what you're doing is actually working. That's my little rant over. Let's get back to this, <laughs> this interview. Okay, so I wanted to talk about, just tap uh, to, to kind of dive in before I let you go about some of the hindsight that you have now having run a business for as long as you both have. You know, often... Um, as small business owners, and particularly with social media, we often only see the highlight reel when we hear about successful businesses. Uh, but you know, we all know that it's not a smooth road to entrepreneurial stardom, um, and that things go wrong no matter how successful a business is. So, what I wanted to ask you both is, you know, what have been some of the biggest mistakes that you've made in your business? And if you had your time again, what do you think you'd do differently? Um. Look, one thing that I think I was lucky, um, when I started the business, I actually didn't have a lot of money, so I couldn't invest too heavily, and that was probably my saving grace as far as some mistakes, because a lot of my competitors have come in and, as you said, jumped onto anything shiny, they've spent a lot on flyers or business cards or, you know, or things that they think will get them the sales um, rather than understanding their customers and working in the business for a while before starting to put their money into all these, um, even systems. You get inundated with offers of you you need this system or you should advertise here. So uh, I had to be super cautious and that has paid off and Leah and I follow that uh, strategy. Um, we're quite um, cautious with what we spend and try and really research is that going to help us make a sale or is, you know, is that just, um, is that for another product? Is that what someone else needs but not uh, people who are buying a wine tour? So that would probably be one and I have heard other people who are about to jump into business and they're racing out to get a loan or they're refinancing and they're going to splash all this money around and I'm sort of like, whoa, slow down, just try and understand your customers, your market and take a step back before putting that hard-earned money uh, into things and not really knowing if that's going to help. Yeah. Um, another one, of course, is learning to say, I would love to have learnt to say no much quicker. Uh, I tried to say yes to anyone who rang and had an inquiry, tried to create whatever products they wanted or, or change um, myself to be whatever they needed, uh, wasted a lot of time, never made any money out of it, and it really didn't help me to follow follow the things that I really wanted to be doing. Mm. So trying to stick to what you're good at, finding your passion, finding where you want to head 
and being comfortable with saying no and, and letting some people go elsewhere because they won't end up being your customers anyway. You might be able to pull it off once or twice and give them what they want, but every time they come back, it's really difficult to keep trying to keep them happy. You're not happy. You're not making the money you need out of it and you're taking all your time away from where you need to be. Um, and probably the other really hard one is finding your price point that you need to be at. And again, that's understanding your market, understanding where you want to sit in that market, and then being comfortable enough with that price to to not um, cut deals or um, to try and cut corners for your customers that don't want that price point and really aren't your right customer. Yeah. I love that. There's just so much great advice there because firstly, spend wisely. I agree. You see particularly startup businesses throwing money left, right and centre and spending money on things that they absolutely don't need to, like, you know, 20 grand websites where really a static website would do the trick. Um, And that's not for everybody. But, you know, that's one of the areas that I see a lot of people waste a lot of money on. But I loved what you said about saying no quicker. I've completely been in your shoes of saying yes to things, creating bespoke, tailored X, Y, and Zs, um, constantly trying to please clients and essentially not sticking to, as you said, what you're really good at, your guru space, what you love doing. And you start creating this business that kind of goes left of field of what you wanted it to be. And then it doesn't become anywhere near as much fun. And it certainly doesn't make you the money because you're spending so much time in creation mode, which creating stuff can be nice. But if you're creating stuff for people that aren't your grade A clients, then it's kind of pointless in the end anyway. So finding you know what your irresistible offer is and then being confident to offer that and not deviate too far afield is excellent advice. Thank you, Carly. Um, Leah, is there anything else that you'd want to add to that? Uh, yeah, just that those three points are something that Carly lives and breathes and something that she has really taught me um, having had so much more experience in this industry. You know, coming into it, when you're looking at your products, it's it's really hard when a new competitor comes in and and prices their product differently or, or offers something to not feel like you need to react to that. Mm-hmm. And Carly has always been very firm in that no, we are this is our product, we are comfortable in this position, and it really it really does work. Um, everything that 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 Carly is saying and and you're saying as well um, is really the key to success in terms of making sure that you are marketing the product that is perfect for your customers. And so I really value all of those points that that Carly has brought up. I'm really glad you reinforced that because I have a lot of conversations with people of late about kind of imposter syndrome and watching what other people are doing, then second guessing mm. themselves, question themselves. Then they start getting the headspace of oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not as good as them. It, you know, you just go down this rabbit warren of ness, um, <laughs> and it doesn't need to be that way. But when you know who your market is, you know them intimately. You're passionate about them. You know that your offer's strong then kind of put the blinkers on and run your own race because it doesn't matter what people are doing. 
Okay, so I want to talk about wine for a moment before I let you go, because we've got to talk about the thing that's going to make most people's kind of taste buds and water start coming into their mouth, especially as I'm off the grog for eight weeks, then it's killing me talking to you both. Yes, I know. Um, So what I want to know is, from our wine gurus, do you need to spend a lot of money to enjoy great wine? No. Absolutely not. Yeah, perfect answer. There are plenty of good quality cheaper wines. And then again, there are plenty of good quality expensive wines. But, you know, it's a bit of a gamble uh, either way. Look, what I say is experiment, have fun. I try and get my clients just to be comfortable with what they like. It's okay if you like sweet, if you like dry. Um, We are so unique each and every one of us in what we like to eat. So how can you expect any less in what we like to drink? Just uh, enjoy. I like to try as many different ones as I can. And I'd like to use price as a guide at times, but it's never a guarantee that that's going to mean I'll love the product. Um, And there's so many reasons why wine can be cheap or expensive. Uh, a boutique winery might only make 50 bottles of wine, so they need to sell it more expensive than a large winery who's got thousands. Yeah. Um, so, no, look, have fun, be okay with your cheap wine. <laughs> what I'm taking from that answer, Carly, is try lots. That's what I've written down <laughs> and that's what I'm going to go with. So thank you for that. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> now, finally, before I let you go, what do you think is the key to an awesome wine tour? Because having been a client of yours and, you know, for anyone listening, uh, you know, this is hand on heart, God's honest truth. The wine tour that these ladies ran for us was fantastic. And um, I think there was about 16 of us and every single person came away from that day loving what you did. So you know how to nail an awesome wine tour. What do you think is the key to a group of girls going on an awesome wine tour? Well, usually you're going on a wine tour because it's a special occasion or a life event. It's a networking, corporate function, it's a special birthday, it's a hen's party, it's a Christmas party, and you don't want any mistakes made along the way, and there is a lot of room for ever for error when you're organising a lot of moving parts uh, for an event like that. So I think the most important thing is having everything organised for you, being able to turn up on the day and feeling confident that everything is going to run smoothly and perfectly. That's why it's so enjoyable because you haven't had to, to do all the legwork yourself. You can just turn up and have this fantastic experience. Exactly. And I'd like to add to that. I'd like to add the word experience keeps coming in. Um, <laughs> But we know, we've seen it numerous times, we can go to a, a whole range of different wineries and we know which wineries will give our customers a great experience. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be the grandest uh, winery or the one with the most um, expensive and unique uh, award-winning wines. It all comes down to the experience that they will provide So we really work hard on the venues that they're going to go to to make sure 
that the people that are going to serve them will also give them a great experience every stop along the way. Actually, that is a really good point because one of the wineries that you took us to, which I loved, and I won't name names, but absolutely loved, I then went back to over Christmas when we were camping because it was very close by, and we loved the wines. We spent a fortune there. It was a, We still had a lovely time. But the experience that we had as just two girlfriends going there versus the experience we had through you was phenomenally different. Um, and I think, so coming back to what you said about the, the, I suppose, how you are able to leverage your networks, your relationships, and make sure that it's it's not kind of a transactional drop us off at the cellar door and pick us up again. It is the experience you create is why people love what you do. I've been on a lot of wine tours. Not, not all of them are as good as yours, I have to say. So. <laughs> okay. So you have, talking about special occasions, you have a very special event coming up next month, don't you? Symphony in the Vines, which I love the sound of. Tell us more about that. Yes, so it's a classical music event at one of the wineries and we're running a wine tour and that also stops off at two of our other favourite wineries along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the first times that we've, we've put on an event like this, a, a local music event. Um, and look, it's my thing. I'm a, con- a confession here. I'm a classical music nerd. I love <laughs> classical music. Um, and this is a, a wine tour that we're really excited about. So it's on Saturday, March the 17th. All of the details are on our website. So um, check them out. Come listen to some of the greats, Beethoven, Mozart, drink wine, eat local food. It'll be great. Love it. We could really ramp up our level of being cultured that made me sound really cultured the way I even articulated that I think that this is a bucket list experience even if it's not on your bucket list yes I completely agree completely agree I'm not a classical fan but I once went on a kind of wine experience at Hampton Court Palace in London with um, the uh, symphony there and it was amazing so I love the sound of this we will put all of those details also on the Busy Business Women um, podcast page for Leah and Carly's podcast. So that's forward slash podcast 13. So you can either go to their website or go to us and you'll get all of the details there about Symphony in the Vines, which sounds divine. Okay. I would like to say a huge thank you to both of you for joining us today. Um, You've been awesome. I I love you both dearly anyway, but I've really appreciated your level of honesty and openness on this podcast. So thank you for that and for sharing those insights with our listeners because they're personal stories to you and they absolutely do help other business owners who are looking to grow and scale their business. So thank you so much for sharing with us. I really appreciate it. Thanks so, for having thank us, you. Faye. Totally so my I'm pleasure. I'm a huge fan of your podcast. So oh. it's, a, it's a big honour to, to be on it. Um, and having just joined up to your Shine group, I'm, I'm really excited to work with you more. Well, we are stoked to have you here. And, hey, now you can go and listen to yourself on the podcast. Exciting <laughs> <day>. <laughs> okay, so for our wonderful listeners, if you want to go and connect with Leah and Carly more, why wouldn't you? This is where they hang out. Go to Facebook forward slash Kenny Escapes. Same for Instagram, Kenny Escapes, or you can check out their website, which is kennyescapes.com. 
All of their information will be on the Busy Business Women website, which is busybusinesswomen.biz forward slash podcast 13. And it will be all over our Facebook page too. You can listen to us on iTunes and Stitcher. So there are a million and one different ways to get access to all of the goodness that Leah and Carly have shared with us today. So if you've enjoyed this episode, and I'm sure you have, I would love you to leave a review on iTunes, please. So just head over to iTunes, click on how many stars you think we deserve. And if you've got a moment to type in a few words of encouragement, I would really appreciate it. And if you'd like to hang out some more, I would love to see you over on Facebook and Instagram. I'm at Busy Business Women, and you can find lots more biz building goodness over on our website at busybusinesswomen.biz. Without further ado, thank you so much for tuning in today. I really appreciate it. I love hanging out with you and I appreciate the time you've given to listen to this podcast. I'll be back very soon with more inspiration to help you build a business that booms. But until then, I'm Faye Hollands. I've been with Leah and Carly from Kenny Escapes and you've been listening to the Busy Business Women podcast. Thank you.